0: Hello, and welcome to the Tape Flu podcast where we talk about music, sound, and creativity in all its glory. I'm your host, Connor Nibbs, and today we will be discussing the ins and outs of Mr. Sam Paisworth's, aka No Fun Houses, career, musical upbringing, as well as content creation. Stay tuned till the end of the episode to find out how to suggest guests for the Tablet Podcast, as well as to find out the next guest who will be on the next episode. Stay while, please. I beg you, and enjoy the show. Our guest today is Sam Tysworth, if I got that correctly. Tysworth? Yeah, correct. Tysworth. Awesome. Correctly. AKA No Fun House. I just want to mention that in the other episode, I mispronounce your name and the name of your channel. I apologize. <laughs> I realized that Haas would be spelt like the ice cream haagen I don't know why that didn't click in my mind. Anyways, guys, he is a musician, content creator, as well as apparently a great cook from Michigan. How are you doing today, Sam? I'm doing awesome, Connor. Thanks for uh, having me on today. <laughs> no, no, it's it's my pleasure. So just before we begin... Are those fish tacos really that good? Those fish tacos,
1: that recipe, I can't take credit for it, but that recipe is absolutely amazing. One of my greatest mentors came up with that, Mr. Steve Tebow. <laughs> awesome Shout out recipe. Mr.
0: Steve Tebow. I don't think anyone has salivated more in a YouTube video than that salad days video. That was the goal. <laughs> So and and you did work by the lake, right? Like that's where that job was.
1: Yeah, I I worked on like a little um, beach shack restaurant um, down on a lake. They had like kind of fast food, but it was like a little little more upscale burgers. <laughs>
0: that's sick. That's sick. All right. Um. So Sam, let's get into your music. All right. Um. So was music always a part of your life, or was there like a certain moment where it sparked an idea? And kind of inspired you so like where where did you kind of start with the whole music thing um I guess music has always been a, a
1: big part of my life um, like always I've always loved to listen to music and discover new artists and and whatnot but it's but um as far as like music creation and writing songs uh, that didn't really come into play until a little bit later um, and I, I would always try to write music when I was really young but it, it really didn't like jump start uh until probably I was 17 or 18 is when I really got into um writing and
0: producing my own stuff so were you always kind of a musical kid like did you play in a school band or like in a garage band as as a teenager uh I didn't
1: that is like I don't know that's, that's one of my biggest regrets for sure is not like stepping into that scene earlier um and I guess it, it was a little bit uh, because of the limitations. I grew up in a super small town, and um, I graduated high school with 38 kids, I think. So, like, it, it was difficult wow. to find uh, other people to li- link up with with that stuff. Yeah. Um, you kind of just hung out with who you played sports with and whatnot. Um, and there was a school band, but I I uh, didn't last long in there. I think I was in <laughs> band for a couple of weeks, and then I stopped, and... Um, I don't know that
0: that's high school, I guess. <laughs> now, now, why did you stop the band? Was it like, was it a theory that didn't interest you, or was it more like the practice schedule?
1: You know, I, I guess it. I guess I was uh, I was into the rock and roll, man. You know, and <laughs> okay, and I <laughs> not not that uh, like band isn't useful. I mean, it, it would have been incredibly useful, and I could yeah. have like gotten a head start on everything. But at the time. It didn't seem like something I wanted to do.
0: Um, Yeah, I I can't
1: really say anything other than that,
0: honestly. (laughs) Yeah, that, that sounds similar to my story. You know, when I was about seven years old, I got my first guitar ever. I was so stoked. Like, all I wanted to do was play guitar. And I got my first guitar when I was seven. And my parents got me lessons, like, just with the city. And I remember my first day, I gave my instructor my guitar and he tuned it. And I remember playing Ode to Joy, like the the classical piece. And I was like, what the hell is this? I don't want to go back anymore. I don't know what this is. Because all I wanted to play was like Green Day riffs. And you know what I mean? And just played super distorted songs. And then there was a good portion, like th- like three years later, I didn't touch the guitar. You know what I mean? And I was like, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to how to read sheet music. And then I picked it back up again, taught myself how to play, and then now I have like I guess you call it—he's a teacher, but I would call it more of a like a mentor or um, s- someone to help me with auditions and work on my technique and stuff like that. So that, that it's funny that, that you say that because it sounds a lot similar to what what my story is. Yeah, I I, was, <laughs> I kind of in a
1: similar boat. I would always pick it up and and play for a while, and then set it down for like a year, and it was just on and off until until i like really decided to commit like when i was 17 18
0: yeah and and were you, like was the guitar your first instrument or did you play something else before that yeah guitar was
1: the first well besides when i tried saxophone for 2 weeks in band but <laughs> yeah other than that guitar yeah. is my first instrument
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going to be the next kenny g i don't think so <laughs> Too bad I was going to ask you to play Careless Whisper for us while we were recording this. Um, so, so growing up, did you have a favorite genre of music or were there like specific bands that kind of formed your sound? I mean, let's be honest here. When you're learning how to play, your sound is pretty much everything you listen to or what you can play. So, but was, was there anything like that kind of stood out to you? Um, yeah, I think what I listen
1: to is kind of always changing. So like, because of that, like what I make is always changing. But when I was really little, um, I was really into the like, hard, uh, like, alternative rock, but like, not really alternative. It was like Lincoln Park. <laughs> and like, I was just like an angry kid, you know, I would listen to like, <laughs> Lincoln Park all the time, like stuff like that. Um, the The hard rock that kind of rides on the line between like metal and hard rock um and like i guess i would kind of try to learn how to play that stuff on guitar but like i said it's always been shifting and whatever i'm listening to is usually
0: um what i enjoy to make the most now would you say that because because now you make a lot of indie stuff Mm -hmm. and you know we'll get into your youtube and your content creation a little bit later but you make a lot of pretty much at least at least in my opinion a lot of the stuff you make falls under the genre of indie rock um so would you say that your taste has kind of evolved ever since you started kind of listening to music or playing music um yeah definitely I think I, I don't
1: know it's funny I feel like my interests have kind of touched on a lot of different things in music like it, it went from like the harder rock to to like I, I tried producing rap and hip hop for a while when I first started, <laughs> and then we've we've all had that phase I'm pretty sure <laughs> I, I yeah, and then I moved into like electronic stuff and then slowly kind of got more alternative and more weird as I met new mm-hmm. people in college and I got weirder um, <laughs> That's
0: <laughs> kind of how I ended up doing this stuff. Um, I feel like it's good as not only a producer but also an overall musician to develop. A certain style in different genres you know what i mean because you said you tried producing hip-hop and rap and then uh, a lot of electronic stuff so would you say that you're kind of as you grow your music taste are you incorporating some like some of the sounds or techniques that you you've that you've used in like the genres that you were interested in before into the stuff you make now
1: yeah absolutely i think um when i produce now it's kind of not only, like, the sounds, but I think a lot of the techniques are really useful just in terms of production and, and songwriting. Like, um, it kind of shows how, like, music is borrowed by everybody, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's, like, yeah. very... Yeah. yeah, yeah. so, like, a lot of the drum patterns you'll see in hip-hop, you'll also see in indie rock even. So I think a lot of those techniques will transfer and, and bleed into into the things that I
0: write. What's interesting to me is that you've had a very drastic change in styles um you know from like super angry kid heavy rock lincoln park to where you are now it's interesting you know what i mean it's interesting to see that change and i feel like a lot of people kind of had that change and okay maybe not a lot of people maybe those who are very passionate about music because i know i know a lot of people who don't really make music or play music um who don't really have a passion for it and only listen to strictly like rap or strictly rock you know what i mean um and i feel like when you said they borrow from each other and i think that's really important is as an artist as a producer it's important to expand your horizons past where you think it is you know what i mean cuz i see you well a lot of people on on a lot of people on youtube but in just in general a lot of people see you as an indie rock artist producer right but what what you've just told me is that you've had this whole musical journey where the reason why like the reason why your stuff is so unique is because you've had different roots you know what i mean
1: yeah yeah that that makes a lot of sense yeah um and i think like People do, yeah, I guess people do see me as, like, the indie musician just because that's kind of, like, the whole branding behind the channel. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I definitely do like to dabble in in different things and let different things inspire me.
0: Over the course of your musical journey, when did you start writing songs? Like, was that an earlier, earlier a thing that happened earlier on? Or did it happen with, like when you started producing? Um, yeah, so there was, like, a couple of uh, failed attempts in middle school
1: and high school to, <laughs> to start writing, um, and I, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, okay. But I, yeah. I think when I first started writing, uh, that came when I first kind of realized that, um, I don't know, there's there's no reason to be scared to, like, sing on a track, for example. Um, like, I, I kind of... I feel like I learned that it's okay to, like, put yourself out there, even if you're not the most, like, technically skilled singer or musician. That kind of inspired me to start writing my own stuff. Um, Hmm. Because before that, I would just – I thought of myself as, like, a producer and and I should get other people to sing and write lyrics and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I think it was that confidence um, that really helped me
0: decide to start writing. I think that's an issue with a lot of producers – yeah who absolutely. make who make music right who make music that they like and that they think that they can sing on and who write l- like meaningful lyrics to them but may not have the most amazing voice in the world and my question to you is where did you find that confidence how did you channel like your fear or maybe not a fear but more of an anxiety into what has now become a confidence
1: um I don't know how to say this without like coming off as very cliche, but it's like it's almost like um, I don't know. I feel like I have progressively gotten better at not caring uh, what people think about, <laughs> like, <Okay. laughs> about what I do, I guess. Um, yeah. And it's I guess it's not so much like a confidence per se, but it's just like this is me. Um, here it is if you like it cool if not cool um i'm going to keep doing it so wow I good, good, good for, for you. you and good I, guess, for you. <laughs> I guess it's also like practicing helps a lot with your voice so that that helped yeah. me a lot um it's like an instrument you know like mm-hmm. it's yeah, it was awful and it, it still is not the best but
0: oh, 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 after singing a lot it gets better <laughs> mm-hmm. i definitely think your voice definitely suits what you do That's good. You can take that either way, but I'm I'm saying it as as a good thing. It definitely suits what you do, and you know what? I don't know. It just fits. It's like Mac Demarco. Mac Demarco, I love you by the way. Um, I look up to him very, very like a lot. Okay, like I love Mac Demarco, and I think we can kind of agree that he doesn't have the best voice either. You know what I mean? like he's not he won't be singing opera but for what he does and the music he makes and like his genius brain of what we call Mac DeMarco his voice is amazing in everything he makes yeah yeah you know what i mean so i i think it's just that confidence that like gets a lot of people who are producers to artists and i feel like a lot of people kind of have that phase where when you're like oh i'm a producer and then you start becoming, you know, you have this mentality like, oh, I'm going to rap on my beats. And then you're going to go, okay, well, I like recording guitars and tracking drums, so I'm going to try to sing. And then you sing on it and you go, damn it. I don't like it. You know what I mean? And then you just drop it. Like, I, I've definitely had some of that. <laughs> so as you're right, like, when did kind of producing come into the mix? Was that later on in your writing journey? Was it earlier Like, way before you were writing songs?
1: Um, Producing was definitely... I think producing came before writing for me. I mean, besides, like, a little bit of writing I did in high school. Like, when I first started producing, I did that for two or three years, maybe, before I started writing. And it was, like, a transition into, like, hey, if I can produce this instrumental and it sounds nice and I can produce vocals, I might as well try to learn to sing on it and write my own lyrics.
0: And where did you learn to produce? Was it like a whole self-taught thing? I mean, I know a lot of producers are self-taught, but for you, like, did you have a course at your school or was it more of like a personal interest? Yeah, it was just an
1: interest. Um, just like using resources like YouTube and Reddit. Um, and yeah, I read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot of reading. Um, I did take a class uh for music production when i was a freshman in college um but by that point i think i'd already had a pretty good grasp on it so it was more just a fun like a fun time
0: um yeah but yeah mostly self taught now did you pay for that course because i know like i i another you know love of mine is tiktok take it or leave it i think it's a great platform. I have a short attention span. It works perfectly for me, and a lot of people go. I agree. TikTok is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, TikTok is amazing. Um, and a lot of like these audio engineers go on and say, "Oh, don't spend money on an on, on like a on a music production course. It's a waste of your time. You can learn all of it on YouTube." So, do you do you agree with that statement? Like, do you think that production is more of a a personal interest, independent? kind of learning style or do you think it's a good resource I mean obviously it's a good resource but is it a better idea to kind of take a course and learn through the eyes of another producer
1: yeah that's a really good question I I think it probably depends on the person um okay because I, I think that I don't uh necessarily thrive in um like a classroom setting I'd, I like to get hands-on I guess so I think that I learned, I definitely learned the most, um, about production by just doing it myself and trying, um, different things, not even necessarily like using, uh, online resources, but just like doing it myself and messing up and see, yeah. and seeing how that sounds and then don't do that next time. Um, I think that's like one of the best ways to learn, at least for myself. But I think for a lot of people out there, a course can definitely be beneficial, um, yeah. But I, I'm. I also agree with the mentality that you you don't need to spend money to um, make things. You know, you don't need yeah. to have nice gear. You don't need to pay for a
0: course um, if you have the time and like the will, then you can make it happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I I think a lot of producers can relate to that. And for me at least, um, I had a course in my high school, but that was more of a later on thing. My my freshman year of high school. I had a buddy, um, and he was, he wanted to be a rapper. You know, everyone at that age, what I was like 14, everyone was like, I want to be a rapper. And I was like, I'm a producer, I can make beats for you. And I made th- this beat, and it sounded like absolute trash. It had like these trap bells happening, like every, like ding, 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 ding. And that was the melody. And then, like, I had this, I remember there was this vocal in the background that, that just went, hum. And it was like combination of the bells and these hum, and he listened to it and he was like, "What the hell is this?" So you know that failure kind of like thrives, you know, my inner flame, and was like, "You should kind of learn how to produce before you call yourself a producer." <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. Next question. Let's let's get productive. <laughs> so um, now my question to you is: Was there a specific moment? where you realized that music is what you wanted to do or was it kind of like that gradual build as you said like growing from the kid who listened to only like in park to where you are now where music was always part of your life so was it that moment or was it just kind of like that gradual build
1: um i'd say it was definitely a gradual build um but at the same time i feel like i guess i still don't know like what i uh what like my purpose is I guess like my true passion like I feel like I'm yeah. always kind of trying different things and have my have my uh interests in a lot of places I guess um yeah but yeah music was definitely like a, a gradual build
0: up and it's been I guess increasing constantly now you said that you have many interests and I suppose that those are creative interests um definitely some yeah okay just a now, lot of do,
1: hobbies, I guess.
0: Yeah. Now, here's the thing. There's this thing called the paradox of choice, okay? And what it is, are you are you familiar with it? Um, I haven't heard that phrase before, but I feel like I can relate to it already. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so it's basically when you have so many hobbies and so many um I don't know how can I say this? So many hobbies and so many interests, let's say. in 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 any field that it's hard to kind of stick with one title and stick with one thing and do you kind of feel that you know calling yourself a musician or a producer does that kind of affect you mentally in a way that it's like some days for example I don't know if you like if you like photography but some days you might refer to yourself as a as a photographer rather than a musician
1: um yeah I, I definitely relate to that feeling Um, Although I would say more of the, more of the, like, mental burden that comes with, like, calling myself a, uh, like, musician is, um, I think that stems more from, like, I don't know if you've heard of, like, imposter syndrome. I think that's what it's called. But it's, like, you know, to me, I'm just still a kid, like, messing around in my laptop, just kind of doing Doing things that I find are fun. So it's like I I don't feel like I have the right to say I'm,
0: like, a musician, I guess. Um,
1: I don't know. It's funny.
0: (laughs) Now, is that because you consider, like, to be called a musician, do you consider that to be, like, a professional where that is your main source of income? Or is it more you think that to be a musician is just to have music as a hobby?
1: I guess so. I guess what I – I guess in my mind – um the term musician uh, means like sometimes that um it's like your profession I guess like yeah that's your main source of income but okay I mean really I think I also think anyone can be a musician like you can just be a hobby yeah. and you can still be a musician
0: now what was your what was your first move coming into the industry? was it like did you join a band was it producing or was it even like YouTube? Um, it was probably posting uh, some really bad trap
1: beats on soundcloud my first move
0: <laughs> and and where the, where did i get you
1: uh i mean it it um it let me know that i had a lot to learn
0: that's for sure <laughs> that i was uh garbage at the time <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, I I feel like that's one kind of source that a lot of musicians or producers take is like, oh, I'll post my beats on SoundCloud. Now, were you one of those guys like who got a lot of plays on SoundCloud?
1: No, but I I thought I would. I was like, this is gonna blow up and I'm gonna be (laughs) I'm never gonna have to work a day in my
0: life. I do have to say that I have beats on SoundCloud and my producer name is Twizla, because my last name is Nibs, like the candy, right? Clever. And (laughs) um And I one day, I blew up in the Ukraine. I got a hundred and seventy three plays from the Ukraine, and I thought I was amazing. I felt like Jesus Christ himself. I'm not kidding you. I thought I was the best producer in the world, that I was going to, you know make it in <laughs> the Ukraine. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. I thought, you know, someone just left their phone on play on my beats, and I was like, well, at least they're listening to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. Very similar
1: thing happened to me, actually. My When I was a freshman in college, like, one of the first classes I went to, I stepped out of the class, and I looked at my phone, and this uh, Blink-182, what's-my-name-again, uh, EDM remix that I posted <laughs> on SoundCloud had, like, 200 plays, and I was like, well... I'm dropping out. I don't need to be here anymore.
0: (laughs) So what draws you towards like songwriting and production? Is it the creative process? Is it the final product?
1: Yeah, I just, I just like making things, I guess. It's like to simplify it. I I love like whatever it is that I create or make. I love like being able to like hold that or listen to that and
0: like think to myself
1: that I did that. Mm -hmm. It's
0: a cool feeling. That's a really important feeling. And I feel like when when you finish a mix, when you finish a song, that feeling of it's done. Like there's one there's one side of your brain that says, "Oh my god, it's done. Thank God I don't have to work on this anymore." And then there's another side of you that's like, "Is that snare drum a little bit too loud? It's never done." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, I definitely think at least for me, it's more of the creative process mm-hmm. of like seeing a track l- go from literally nothing to 30 tracks by the way i love having a lot of tracks i don't know what it is it's just amusing for me to look at if i'm being honest i feel professional when i have a lot of tracks in a set That's why i
1: can't call myself a musician because <laughs> i i roll with like 10 track songs most of the time
0: um, yeah I'm, there's no way i'm a real musician <laughs> yeah, i not de- like when i started out and looked at like you know, production breakdowns and stuff like that, I saw, like, maybe 500 tracks in a song. And I'm like, why the hell do you need 500 tracks?
1: Yeah, those are nuts. Sorry? I said those are nuts. I don't understand. Yeah, I
0: know. I'm like, why Why do you need that? Like, just a little, I don't know, maybe maybe they're better than us. You never know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so so speaking of, of the creative process, are you familiar with uh, Broken Record, like the Broken Record podcast? Um, I'm not. Okay, so it's this podcast about music, obviously. Um, you know, I'm wait not obviously. A broken record could be about, let's see, um, math. It could be a podcast about math. You never know, right? Never assume. Um, so it's the broken record with, with Rick Rubin. I recommend anyone to listen to this podcast. It's amazing, and they did this episode with Tyler, the creator. I love this guy. Tyler, the creator, is amazing, hands down. And in this episode, they talked a lot about what you listen to first as a producer and a musician. And Tyler explains that there's three kind of sectors that a lot of people listen to first, right? So when you hear a song for the first time, some people notice the beat first, the melody, or the chord chord progressions. Sorry. So what do you listen most for in a production or, like, in a song?
1: Uh, Definitely the chords, I think. I'm a big chord guy. Yeah.
0: Love chord progressions and the emotions that they evoke. When you open a session and start recording, is it, like, straight, like, click track and guitar, or do you lay lay drums down first?
1: Um, Normally start with guitar, um, but it's... I guess it can vary, but most of the time it's guitar. Yeah. Okay, so so you would say that
0: you do start with the chords. Yeah, most of the time. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, I consider myself a chord progression kind of guy as well, especially for, like, I love jazz, and I love indie, and I love the relationship between a lot of mainstream genres and jazz. Not that jazz is amazing. Jazz, don't hate me for that. <laughs> um, but, and I love extended chords, like... I absolutely love major 7th chords, minor 7th chords. And I love seeing the relation between jazz and indie. Like, indie rock is, is one of the main genres that I listen to. But I love seeing how I can kind of learn a jazz piece and then go learn, like, I don't know, um, who's an indie artist. Uh, look, look at this. a No Fun House. I can go learn No Fun House song and I can learn a jazz piece, and I can go in between both, and I'll already have the chords down. (laughs) Look at that. That's a cheat sheet for all of you wanting to know how to play his songs.
1: Very true. (laughs) (laughs) Rex is like the uh, epitome of using jazz in indie music for me.
0: Rex is on another level. I freaking love that guy.
1: Yeah, absolutely Absolutely love
0: him. What did you say that... Okay, is Rex Worms County one of your big inspirations in music? Definitely, yeah. Yeah? Now, what about it? Is it, like, the chords, or is it the production? Because he has some quite complex productions. Yeah. Um,
1: I I definitely love the chords and production, but I think, like, what sticks out to me most about him is um, he seems to be, like, very honest and raw in his songs. Maybe not raw in terms of production, but... Raw in terms of, like, the emotion that he is able to portray uh, in a song. It's kind of crazy. Um, I don't know, just yeah. what he can do with a song.
0: Yeah, and you know what's funny? Because, you know, how I first discovered you, here's here's a story. How I first discovered you, um, I was looking up how Rex Orange, like, a breakdown of Rex Orange County's production. Because I'm obsessed with the guy to this day. I saw him live in Montreal last year. And, like, I didn't know him. Like, I went with my girlfriend, and I didn't know him at all. I didn't listen to his music. And I went to that concert, and I fell in love. And ever since then, I've been obsessed with his production. So I actually went on YouTube, and I went, how to Rex Orange County. And guess who popped up? You did, <laughs> right? Given a whole production breakdown of how-to Rex Orange County. Um, and by the way, for those of you at home, when I first saw Sam, I automatically assumed he was from Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I automatically assumed <laughs> he lived in Michigan. <laughs> don't, don't ask me why. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. So in terms of those how-to videos, it's in, like specifically Rex, how do you kind of break down other people's production sc- styles to teach them to other people?
1: Um, usually for those, I'll just take uh, like one of their songs that's very popular or multiple songs that they have that are popular that I think people might want to learn how to produce like that or write music like that and just try to kind of dissect it like layer by layer um, as I'm okay. listening to it and then, I guess, emulate that... Uh, like deconstructed and then show how it kind of all comes together.
0: Yeah. I find that interesting how like a lot, like I've never seen anyone kind of do videos like you do. I mean, there is this other producer that I, that you that you know, I forget his name, uh, but he also makes videos like you as well. Um, I'm trying to recall his name, but I can't remember, but he also does these kind of breakdowns, but they're not as in depth as as your as yours are. I, I, I like how you go in depth about the progressions and about, you know, the drum beats. And I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to give that much detail in a video. So is that like a, one, a goal of yours to, to be able to provide? Oh my God, sorry. <clears throat> I just burped. <laughs> so is that a goal of yours? Like to provide as much detail as possible for people to produce like that,
1: um, yeah. I my dad is a teacher. He's been like a teacher his whole life, and I think that kind of rubbed off on me. I like to teach and share information. I guess. Um, so yeah, that's always been like a fun thing for me, and I like, I like like, I guess empowering people and make and like helping people to realize that they can, that like they're capable of doing something like yeah. that. So I guess that's where the the teaching passion comes from and that's kind of yeah inspired those videos um also though i mean my music is kind of a priority for me and um i don't know marketing music today is uh not easy um Mm -hmm. starting from the ground up so those videos have been a great tool
0: um for that as well Mm -hmm. now you mentioned marketing and i did a little google search um of your name and I found some interesting stuff on your Mind you, on your LinkedIn, guys, if you look up his name on LinkedIn, he has a, a wonderful picture. Oh, boy. as his profile picture. I've never <sighs> seen your hair shorter than, than what it is now. I think that was but
1: four it, it years looked, it looked, ago.
0: It looks professional. That's what I got to say. You look like a man ready to work. <laughs> so, but you mentioned marketing. And what I, I came across something called Studio 1201. Are you still affiliated with this with this company? And if so, what what, what is the organization about? So, <laughs> man, you're like Nardwar out here. <laughs> no, no one can be on Nardwar's level. <laughs> Nardwar is his own being.
1: <laughs> so Studio 1201 is uh, a design uh, consultancy company, um, design studio kind of thing that my friends and I started for, uh, four years ago, almost four years ago now, um, and I actually just shot a music video with them today. Um, Funny enough, they're they're still operating, and I still help them out from time to time when they're working on video projects, um, and they need, like, background music or, like, sound effects. I'll help them out. Um, They're actually my roommates. Um, Oh, really? We we started this kind of company, like, four years ago, um, and they work on, they're, like, graphic designers and animators, so they do that kind of stuff. And I do the video and audio. Um, and it's great. It's awesome. It's, I mean, what, what's better than working with your best friends <laughs> on exactly. creative projects and getting paid for it? <laughs> so exactly. That's been exactly. really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't do so, as much work with them anymore in terms of marketing, but just because I'm focusing more on music now. But
0: yeah. yeah, we still work together quite a bit. Now, would you say that has also helped you kind of build a reputation in the creative industries? Um, not so
1: much. I guess the that um, company is more of a. Uh, it's a um, what's the word? Um, in like an agency almost. Okay. Like okay. like uh, companies would hire them if they needed like business cards or an ad or like something in the marketing realm. Um, so it, I guess it okay. hasn't provided much notoriety. It's it has provided very valuable
0: experience. Um, mm-hmm.
1: But it's mostly like professional work
0: okay okay yeah just because i was wondering if if that kind of sparked some sort of um some sort of ideas within you
1: yeah I mean, it's definitely like developed me um in terms of like having a a uh mind that thinks about business a lot and mm-hmm. um yeah it's definitely helped helped me to um Develop with branding and business and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and that's another thing about, you know, being a producer or a musician as or anyone in the creative industries is you need to understand marketing and business fundamentals and how to run pretty much yourself, right? Like a lot of these people are self-employed and without kind of like that business, whether or not you get a business degree or not, you should still understand how it works. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so now let's get into uh, your YouTube channel and your content creation, okay? Um, so was YouTube, like, always a thought when you started making music and or, like, gaining a fan base? Um,
1: I think, like, YouTube was always in the, the far depths of my mind as like something that I knew I, I like could do and it would be fun, but I didn't necessarily want to do because I thought like I wanted my music to, uh, do the talking, I guess, and and take me there. Um, but like once I started a year ago, I started posting videos and I was like, wow, this is like actually really fun and I love doing this. Um, so I should just keep doing it
0: yeah no d- yeah definitely it so it's like another hobby of yours, you would say, yeah,
1: absolutely. I love working with film and uh
0: editing in a weird way is kind of fun for me, so oh yeah definitely <laughs> yeah i I feel the same like any opportunity I get, I will like even if it's for a school project, I will edit it. no <laughs> problems whatsoever, even if it sucks, <laughs> the process of like googling and going on reddit to figure out you know how do I like, cut a clip in final cut. Mm-hmm. It, it just it just gives me a little bit of joy if i'm being honest <laughs> it's like so, uh just dopamine the whole time yeah exactly 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 uh, no matter if i screwed up or if i'm doing a good job i'm always happy when i'm editing <laughs> and it's funny a lot of people kind of dread the editing factor of youtube videos and I i don't understand why i mean it's lengthy but besides that i enjoy it Not that i make a lot of videos but not that i have any videos period (laughs) um uh so when you started youtube a year ago did you already have songs on spotify or was or did youtube come before releasing songs
1: yeah i um i think i posted my first video in november last year well like one like a little over a year ago um and I had released my first EP on Spotify in August before that. Okay. Um, so I had an EP out and then a couple of singles.
0: And then after that, I started posting on YouTube. So when you started YouTube, was it more of a thought like, okay, this would be a good marketing tool for my releases? Or was it more of, I'm, I'm really interested in this. I want to make this another hobby of mine.
1: Um, I guess it was, so like the first videos I posted, I'm, I think they were just kind of uh, me singing my songs or doing covers um and then and so those were kind of just like to support my music uh and and make it and like help it reach more people um but I'd say it slowly developed into more of a hobby as time went on definitely initially yeah. it was uh I thought of it as a tool to um help push my music up but yeah no, it's and developed it into a hobby um it did work, yeah. <laughs> it's been working great. so You
0: made it. <laughs> congratulations. I,
1: I would not say that, but <laughs> it's been working more than any other strategy I've yeah. used. So,
0: Yeah. So, and then, like, did you already have an interest in film and editing and videos before you even kind of started the channel?
1: Yeah, definitely. My My friends and I in high school would always make just, like, absurd dumb like shorts uh just about any random thing and that was always fun for me so i've always liked working with video
0: i can definitely relate i've made many short films in my lifetime all of which i'm extremely proud of many man hours went into them there's just one specific i called it masterpiece and it's a, a short film short sorry short film about me making ramen noodles Okay. And I love this movie. I I still have it on my computer. I would play it for you. I will I will email it to you. It is I am so (laughs) I am so proud of it. And it's about me making ramen and I put like a little Beethoven backing track. And what happened was is that I'm almost done filming. So like my water's boiling and I pour the water into the ramen. And what happened was is this was a few years ago, mind you, not during COVID. Disclaimer. And the Rogers guy came over. Like Sorry, I'm not sure if you guys have Rogers in the U.S., but it's like uh, the cable company. So Rogers came over to fix our Internet. So these noodles were sitting there for a good 20 minutes, and by the time he left, they were cold and wet and really fat. Like, these noodles were thick, like super thick. So I remember the last scene of that film, uh, it was me eating it, and they were so cold and wet I couldn't, like, I could barely digest them. Mind you, you would think that you could, but it was kind of gross. So <laughs> I could barely swallow the damn things. So I remember putting like the SpongeBob thing like three hours later and then just putting a bunch of bloopers at the end. It it honestly is. It, it honestly is. I'm very proud of that movie, and I encourage... Every, it's going to be on YouTube. I will win an Oscar for that movie. I can... I already know it. I feel it in my gut, and I'm gonna go with it. No one's gonna stop me. It's gonna be great.
1: That's um. I'm happy for you that you uh, are proud of these short films that you've made. I think the ones that I've made should never see the light of day in a million
0: years. You better watch out. you got you. Got competition here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Back to kind of. Um, you know your hobbies and your interests. Do you have any other sort of creative hobbies? That yeah, do you have any? Do you have any other creative hobbies that kind of relate to music or film?
1: Um, yeah, I I like to try uh different like mediums of art. I guess even if I'm bad at them, it's always fun to try them out. Like I've been getting into uh, kind of repurposing old clothes lately. So like dyeing them and mm. painting on them and doing, like, handmade clothes. That's been really fun. Um, and cooking's always been huge for me. That's, like, something that'll stick with me. I, I can agree. <laughs>
0: I can I, I can agree on that point. <laughs> I got to tell you, I watched that video with my, with my little brother. Well, not little. He's younger than me. But – and he's super into, like, Hell's Kitchen and, you know, Kitchen Nightmares, and we watch it all the time. And I showed him this video, and he goes, Mahi Mahi <laughs> – oh my God, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but that looks good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here's here's my thing with titles, okay? I, I don't really like titles. I don't like being called a musician or a podcast host or, or, um, or a photographer or whatever it might be. So how do you feel? So what, here's, I'm trying to figure out because my initial question was, would you call yourself a musician before a content creator or vice versa? But now because you have, now that you've explained your creative hobbies, would you consider yourself an artist before everything else?
1: I am in the same boat as you, man. I, I don't really like titles either. Um, yeah. I'm just a dude in my, I, I'm not even a dude. I'm just here. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> Existing in yeah, the
1: world. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, man. I, yeah, I agree with you.
0: Yeah, okay, sweet. Yeah, just just because, you know, especially, like, I love all mediums of art, regardless of what it is. It could be a painting. I remember this summer, I, like, painted for the first time. And, like, not, like, you know, finger painting. Like, that was probably the last time I painted in, like, kindergarten. And I painted. And the first thing I painted was a green lightning bolt on a yellow background. And it was so ugly. And then I painted Jupiter. And I was so proud of myself and then it died off but <laughs> but you know the, my hopes and dreams of becoming a professional painter was were there and yeah i'm just i just have this thing with with titles and 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 our, and like people who are creative and i feel like that's a real struggle when when trying to really kind of find yourself and what you want to do uh, speaking of what you want to do are you hoping that youtube becomes like your main source of income for you or because I remember when we talked previously, you, you said you were, you were talking about you know going to the U- University of Michigan and saying I just want to get out of there, man. Like I want to, I want to, <laughs> like not enough. okay, I'm, guys. I'm not saying that you know he's he's trying to drop out. I'm just saying like you like you want to be yourself. You know what I mean? You want to do your own thing. And does that mean you know be doing YouTube as full like as a full time job or like um, being a recording artist or.
1: Yeah, I guess I, I kind of gave that vibe off because what I want to do doesn't really require me to finish school, but um, I, I guess, like, my main goal would be to uh, be able to just record music, and if I have fun filming that process and putting it out, then I'll do that, too. Um, yeah. But honestly, it doesn't really matter where the money comes from or if there's even any money at all. Um Yeah
0: yeah i would i would do i would do this for free (laughs) as many people like when you love something so much right i guess it doesn't really matter at that point right yeah
1: exactly yeah Yeah.
0: so So, was going to university and getting a degree a party like one of your goals in life like was that something that you strived for in high school yeah
1: it it definitely was a huge goal in high school um because I thought I was going to be a pharmacist so I kind of needed nice I needed to um <laughs> and it it's still a goal now just because I feel like that's a that's an accomplishment um get a college degree uh and yeah. I like i like to say that I, when I start something I I want to finish it um so yeah it's still definitely a goal of mine
0: yeah oh yeah definitely yeah just cuz I was wondering cuz in my last episode, I spoke with uh, Coulter Bouchard. By the way, guys, go check out that episode. It was great. Um, and, I, and we talked about him going to university for a radio broadcasting um, program. And uh, and I and I explained that a lot of producers, uh, at least for me, an aspiring producer, you know, going to university is a goal of mine. Like I want to go there. I want to get an education. By the way, I'm saying university because I'm Canadian, not because I'm crazy. <laughs> um, because we have a college and university. Um, so <laughs> sorry. I. By the way, how how is it in Michigan? By the way, just just a, just a sidetrack.
1: Just in general, how is it?
0: Yeah, how's Michigan?
1: Oh, as as like a
0: school? No, just the state.
1: Oh, the state. Um, It depends on where you are in the state. Like where I am, it's <laughs> kind of uh, depressing. It looks like the Soviet <laughs> Union or something. Um, But where I'm from, northern Michigan is absolutely beautiful. And I highly yeah. recommend everyone go visit that place because it's awesome.
0: Yeah, and it's close to Canada too. Make a stop by Canada.
1: Yeah. Yes, right. also hit Canada.
0: <laughs> um, a little bit government. Come on, give me some cash for that, right? I'm broke in a time of need. <laughs> so promoting a <the> government. <laughs> I would absolutely so, yeah.
1: love to move to Canada in the future, honestly. Really?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Where whereabouts like like Toronto or like somewhere close to your hometown? I think Montreal would be pretty cool or Vancouver. Wow. Um nice.
1: but yeah, America's not uh looking too hot these days. So, <laughs> might be planning an escape route soon.
0: Well, I do I I've been to Vancouver and Montreal. I have family in Montreal and we we have friends in um around Vancouver and I got to say it is beautiful. So, wherever you choose to go, I'm sure you'll have a blast. <laughs> um uh but yes, back to what I was talking about. <laughs> um uh so yeah, I was explaining to him that how university was a goal and that as a producer I want to get an education and but a lot of producers tend to like drop out of high school or go to in Canada college right for a specific recording program. Um, and I feel like like do you still kind of have that sense of oh I should have gone to an- another school with a program more specific to what I want to do or are you kind of happy with the program that you're in and the degree that she'll get um
1: yeah I'm happy with it and honestly the biggest like benefits of going here um haven't been anything related to academics to be honest it's I I wouldn't trade like the people I've met and like the friends I have now for anything and they're like so so important to me um and just, like, the connections I've made. So
0: it's not really a thought I have too often. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, I think that's important. You know what I mean? I think as, cre- like, creatives or musicians, a lot of people might take college as an opportunity to gain experience, connections, um, a lifestyle, perhaps. You know what I mean? Um, so I definitely think that's a very positive thing to 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 definitely consider if you're thinking about going a different path. Um so Sam, one of the biggest reasons why I literally love your channel and love what you're doing is that you're changing the bet the industry better. Oh my god. You're changing the industry for the better. <laughs> um, and that's due to the community you've built with your channel. Um And in specific, the Discord server. I do have to say that I was very surprised that when I I joined the server, um, as a lot of other people do, and how nice and welcoming that community is and how, you know, there is always positive criticism on your music and how people are, are there to help you. So was like that server always something in mind or something similar to that? when you started YouTube um I actually didn't
1: uh I didn't even have discord before I started it was a suggestion from uh somebody in the comments and then other people kind of tagged in and, or chimed in and they were like yeah that's a really good idea so no it mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't a thought beforehand
0: mm-hmm. and I do have to mention that I'm sup- like you're also very involved with that server aren't you yeah, I mean it it's it's hard not to be when
1: everyone's like like you said everyone there everyone in there is so nice and supportive and positive for the most part. Um and like I can't take credit for that. Like those are just amazing people that yeah. love what they do and they love to share it with other people. So it's yeah, it's fun to be talking to people in there and communicating with
0: them just person to person. Now, I I haven't been in the server for that long, like maybe just a little bit before we initially talked a few weeks ago so are you also there to make suggestions like are you present in the way that you're there to provide like positive criticism on other people's music and also do you kind of like do you also post tracks to kind of get a review on or like a feel on from other people
1: yeah so I try to do my my fair share of um, like giving people feedback, but there are de- there are some people in there who are like the MVPs of feedback, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're they're the real ones. <laughs> um, but yeah, I try to uh, give feedback when I can, and um, I've posted a couple of tracks asking for critiques on the mixes and whatnot, and I've gotten like amazing feedback that has helped me pick things out that I didn't hear when I was initially listening. And, you know, people are giving me, giving me uh, all sorts of advice, and I'm learning a ton through it. So, yeah, I, I definitely like to use it both ways.
0: Yeah, I definitely feel like when people get into the music industry, I mean, maybe not in the industry, but when you, like, kind of start producing or, or writing music, um, there's a sense of competition, like, oh my god, this guy's a dick. Like, literally everyone else in the industry, it's like, oh my god, he's a dick. I don't, you know, I'm way better than him. I gotta be better than him. You know what I mean? And I feel like you've kind of removed that stereotype of, maybe not stereotype, the stigma of, you know, having that unhealthy competition in the industry. And I think that's amazing. And, you know, for anyone who watches your videos, or in general, I urge them to join the server producer whether you're a producer, songwriter, mixer, whatever it is, I urge you to join this server. It's it's quite an amazing uh thing that Sam has created here. I agree. People join the server. <laughs> uh
1: thank you. Yeah. I it's it's a it's a great community. Not yeah. to get into um too heavy of like my philosophical philosophical hippie bullshit, but, um, that's, I don't know. I think that it's just important to spread love. You know what I mean? And no matter what you're yep. doing, there's, uh, there's no reason to bring people down. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Okay, Sam. So now we're going to get into the random, and fun questions section of the show. Usually how could I say usually this is my second episode, but um but I I would usually do a conspiracy theory, but I really didn't feel like finding one this time, so I decided to find a bunch of random questions and ask you them.
1: Okay. I do have okay. a conspiracy theory if you wanted to hear it maybe at the end.
0: Yes, please. Okay. I'll yes, keep it please. in the back pocket. Oh my god, this is what a plot twist! I did, not, I did not see this coming. Okay, so first question. Now, because I know you have some some exquisite culinary skills, does pineapple belong on pizza?
1: Absolutely, yes, one hundred percent. Pineapple yes, belongs on pizza. I agree. I agree. You have the uh, sweet, you know, tangy flavor mm-hmm. of the pineapple, mm-hmm. and when you pair that with a salty, savory uh, bacon bits or ham. It's chef's
0: kiss. Perfect combination. Yep, I agree. The one, the biggest kind of like argument that I've heard from that is I don't like fruit on my pizza. And then I tell them, well, isn't tomato a fruit? It's mm. a really you know good I mean? point. You see, see where I getting at? You're, 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 you've got fruits. You got a fruit spread across your freaking pizza, man. You know what I mean? How how could you not? Anyways, I agree. Pineapple on pizza, one hundred percent, no questions asked. Now, what about ham on pizza? Ham, bacon. Ham is uh, an interesting one. I th- think it
1: depends on the the uh, restaurant, on the chain. Okay. Okay. Some because sometimes you get the slimy ham. You know what I mean? Sometimes, oh, okay. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes I agree. it's or like we... tough or not or really not high thick quality ham. Of-
0: I, I once got a, a pizza with a huge thick piece of ham on it. Yeah, it was it was gross. It's got to be quality ham. Yes, I agree. Quality <laughs> ham only, nothing else. Only for the best. <laughs> um so here's my next question. If you were on a deserted island and all of your human needs were ta- all of your human needs were taken care of, so like food and water um and whatever other needs you may require. Um, so, what other, what two items would you want with you and why? Um, well, obviously, I got to bring
1: a guitar, right? Yep.
0: Hands uh, <laughs> down. Yeah.
1: Because I think um, that would help with the insanity that comes from extended periods <laughs> of isolation, hearing music. It's yep. um, a good question. I've never really thought of this before.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Got to be prepared, right? You never know when you'll be on a deserted island. Hmm.
1: <laughs> All my human needs are taken care of. You said, so it's just yeah, okay. Yeah, food, water. You know what? Can we circle back to that one? I'm, I'm yeah, like, yeah, of course, of course. I'm. I don't perform well under pressure.
0: If that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I personally would want a guitar obviously. And you see I had something in mind. And you know what? My comfy. Have you how, do you know what a comfy is? No, what's a comfy? It's a sweater but it has the density and fluffiness of a blanket. Hmm. It is amazing. it's freaking amazing, and I would want that with me on a deserted island. those nights get cold, man. You never know what can happen, right? yeah, right so
1: hey that's very true. I think a comfy would come in handy
0: <laughs> so here's here's the next question. Are you a hunter or a gatherer? hmm
1: there's so many layers to this
0: yeah. I would say I'm a gatherer. Okay. okay. Yeah, me as well. Yeah. I'm definitely, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, hunting, being a hunter is quite a uh, a commitment, I would say. To, yeah. No. Yeah, gather all the way. Gatherers 21, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Next question. You're an addition to a crayon box. <laughs> what color would you be and why? Uh, I am beige, um, (laughs)
1: because that's just kind of my aura, you know? It's, it's just like, uh, uh, I, I hear that I give off beige energy from a
0: lot of my friends. Beige energy? Beige energy, yeah. Beige, so is that like when you walk into a room colored beige, you just kind of like that same vibe?
1: Yeah, it's, it's like the, like, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, I sounded like a fool. You got to cut that part out.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know how to describe it. Um, beige energy. Yeah. All right. I would I would probably be. See, I like orange and I like blue, but I would definitely say I would be magenta. Hmm. Magenta is quite a majestic color. It's a mix between purple and another color. I don't know what that is, but it's it's a very it stands out. It's bold, like you said. Yeah. Look at that. I give off a Look at that. You give off beige energy. I give off bold energy, magenta energy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. Oh, this one's going to be a little bit um I think Well, actually, I don't know. I thought that we would kind of argue on this one, but <laughs> I don't think so. Canada or America?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, gotta go with Canada.
0: See, I I wrote this question down, and I was like, "This is gonna be huge. This is gonna be great. Oh, uh, I'm great, sorry, a great debate." <laughs> 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 and then all of a sudden, like I was gonna, I pull, dude, I was gonna pull out like the whole maple syrup thing, the whole, you know, what else do we offer? I don't really. The whole maple syrup thing, period, and then hopefully to crush. Mind you, I do like America, so mind you, yes, I agree. Canada, Canada.
1: Yeah, I mean Michigan's just uh, like southern Canada, basically. Like we yeah, got, what? we got the maple syrup culture as well. So
0: yeah, we. Can, I think you and I can both agree that Michigan is Canada. <laughs> like, let's be honest here. It's like Buffalo, New York. Mm-hmm. Come on, you know what I mean. Like, did you really have to? I don't get it. Like I'm half an hour away from the Buffalo border. Do I really need? We need a Buffalo, Canada is what I'm saying. Okay, <laughs> I don't. I don't think it needs to be a part of the U.S. Next question: If you're an animal, this is actually the last question, by the way. If you're an animal, what animal would you be and why? Um, it'd be pretty cool to be
1: an owl. I think. Just to uh, I, you, you definitely do give off owl vibes. Gain, gain some wisdom.
0: Yeah, yeah. I definitely see you as a younger John Lennon. I'm, to be
1: clear, I'm not saying I am an owl in spirit. I'm saying I would like to be an owl. I don't <laughs> think I've acquired that wisdom yet, but that would be a goal of
0: mine to become an owl. Are is your goal like? Okay, maybe not goal. Do you look up to John Lennon? Is this is this someone that you do admire? Um
1: I guess like on a on a pretty basic level, yes. But I don't think I know enough about him honestly to to like call him my idol or anything, but I I like the um I guess
0: the messages that he preaches in his music, for sure. You know, it's it's funny because you know if you if someone showed me a picture of you before i even know I, before i even knew who you were i would automatically assume you're a musician <laughs> you're you're from michigan and maybe not you give off beige vibes but i would automatically assume that you like elton uh, no not elton john oh my god john lennon elton john's great too yes big you know big thumbs up to elton john i love that guy but John Lennon, <laughs> I would definitely want to be like a puffin. Do you know what a puffin is?
1: Yeah, I think I've yeah. heard of a puffin. I think I've seen a couple of puffins at the zoo. Yeah,
0: puffins are great.
1: Love those things. Love those
0: things. <laughs> I, I I, actually saw them. Sorry?
1: Uh, sorry, I was going to say my spirit animal like right now would probably be a penguin. Like that's. Oh. that's okay. definitely
0: where I'm at. Okay yeah I don't know I don't know what my spirit animal would be. I'd probably be like i don't know a groundhog or something like that <laughs> something totally you know <laughs> left sided i don't even know so sam what's this conspiracy theory what 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 do we have to learn here what what's what's quite what's the what's the story here that we need to dissect
1: so get this um okay. We have the COVID-19 vaccination.
0: Oh, my God. No way it's about the COVID-19 vaccine.
1: (laughs) I mean, maybe everyone's heard this. I don't know.
0: Oh, no, I've never heard anything about that. I'm just... Anyways, continue. Sorry.
1: (laughs) Allegedly, the COVID-19 vaccination is not a vaccination because COVID-19 does not exist. It is fabricated by the U.S. government. Um, sure. In order to convince the citizens that they need to inject themselves with a vaccination, which is actually a microchip that <laughs> tracks your every location and action and thought and anything else that they might want to get their hands on those the the greedy government <laughs> I love the tone you set it in by the way i, I love I, that, that I had that. to put myself in the conspirators' uh <laughs> f- shoes for that one.
0: I definitely do not. I. I don't know. This is like the simulation thing, like the whole Elon Musk thing. How we're living in a simulation, and my, I don't think Elon Musk has anything <laughs> to do with it. But he is the richest man in the world as of now. <laughs> um, but the whole simulation thing, and like how we're how we're living in like a computer. Mm-hmm. Like how could how could someone my. my My question is, why would the government want to know your every thought and move? Um, Advertising? I don't know.
1: (laughs) Make more money on Facebook
0: ads, better targeting. Yes, actually, perhaps it's not the government. Perhaps it's Viagra and they want big tech. Exactly. There you go. There you go. They want more advertisement. They want to see. What percentage of men in the U.S. uses Viagra? <laughs> That's an interesting. I I sorry. <laughs> That's definitely one that I've never heard before. Interesting. I've, I've never heard a COVID vaccination one. Maybe
1: um, maybe a United States kind of thing. <laughs> well, I don't know. A lot of people yeah, maybe, here maybe. tend to uh, love love that kind of stuff.
0: <laughs> hey, you never know. Maybe, maybe the Capitol storming. Um, hey, think of this. New conspiracy theory alert, okay? For all those, someone write this down. Swear to God, I just thought of this. The U.S. Capitol storming, the, the freaking mob that went there and stormed the Capitol. What if these microchips led them to there? Oh, like, like they're controlling brains. them? Yeah, exactly. Like, controlled them there. Wow. And then created this, what is known now as the U.S. Capitol storming. Definitely a possibility. Right? I'm connecting the dots here. Like, look at me. The Canadian boy from Toronto is figuring out U.S. political problems. Who would have known? Just like that. I'm already a politician. Look at that. Mind you, no, I'm not a crook yet, but I am already a politician. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. That was quite the story. I did not expect that. was a plot twist. I was supposed to provide the conspiracy theory, and yet Sam provided, provided the, the conspiracy theory. <laughs> Who would have known? Who would have known?
1: My roommates are on a big on conspiracy theory TikTok, so I hear a lot of them.
0: Oh, okay, okay. That's where I got my last one from. And in episode one, I talked about the sinking of the Titanic, and that's that's an interesting one there. That's a that's a really interesting one. It's also on TikTok, by the way. That's where I got it from. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. So listen, Sam. Once again, thanks so much for taking the time to be on the show. I have to say it was a pleasure to have you on. And hopefully later down the line, we can have you back on the show. We can go analyze some more conspiracy theories and ask some more weird questions. What do you think?
1: That sounds uh, awesome to me, Connors. Very fun. I've never done a,
0: a podcast before, so this has been a great experience. (laughs) I hope it was a great experience. I hope I made you feel welcome. (laughs) The uh, most
1: welcoming podcast host I've ever spoken to.
0: (laughs) As well as the only podcast host that you've ever spoken to. (laughs) Um, So, guys, make sure to go follow Sam on all social media platforms. The links will be in the description. But if you want me to pronounce the channel name it is no fun house house spelt as h-a-u-s not haas i made that mistake i apologize once again <laughs> but the links will be in the description and make sure to go check out sam on youtube and spotify at no fun Haws, like i just said and his linkedin <laughs> he has a lovely picture on his profile that everyone should go check i urge you to check it is a wonderful picture Connect with me, people. I'm trying to get to 500 plus. (laughs) Sam is looking for a job (laughs) and is desperate need. Go on his LinkedIn.
1: (laughs) All right. Thanks, man.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Connor. Once again, thank you so much, Sam, for having that fun conversation with me. And you never know, maybe we'll have you back on the show at some time guys make sure to go follow sam at no fun house on all social media platforms he uploads every friday on youtube the links will be in the description i am excited to announce that mr josh cunningham will be the next guest on the tape blue podcast he is a musician band member and artist from montreal quebec stay tuned for the next episode and until then stay safe i'm your host conor Nibbs. Is there someone you want on a future episode of the Tape Loop podcast? Tweet at nibs underscore Connor for them to be considered. Thanks.